Well, hello. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Sineda. As Nick mentioned, um, I'm the Chief Innovation Officer of the Federal Reserve System. Um, before I get into it, can we just pause? Uh, I was telling Nick, so I show up channeling my inner DeFi DJ, and he shows up looking like a central banker. Like, I think we're doing a little bit of role reversal today in his suit and tie. Um, but we're super excited to be here. Uh, I know you're probably thinking central banking, innovation is not like an oxymoron. Uh, the reality is that's exactly what I thought about a year ago when I was first approached about this role. Well, for the first 10 minutes, I laughed and laughed and laughed because I thought it was one of my crypto friends pulling some sort of a funny prank on me that, yeah, the Fed wants to hire a DeFi degen. Um, but as I learned more and more, I really fell into the Fed rabbit hole, or as my colleagues and I here have a joke, my job is to red pill them, and their job is to try and Fed pill me, and then, you know, we see where we land. Um, but, you know, innovation at the Federal Reserve System is alive and well. There's a lot of interesting things happening. And having grown up in the fintech and crypto ecosystem, I know there's a lot of curiosity within this community as, you know, you're building for the future, how to better engage with the regulatory community, how to better collaborate and understand where there is uh, opportunities for co-creation. Um, but it's hard to do that if you don't fully understand the entity. And there is a lot of opacity. Uh, and just as there's a lot of FUD about the crypto world, which I try to demystify for my colleagues, it suffice to say there's also a lot of FUD about the Fed world. And we're going to try over the next 30 minutes uh, to hopefully demystify some of those uh, FUDs. But also, one last thing I just want to say um, is my colleagues and I have been here since Tuesday. Um, and coming to consensus was a super important to us because one of the big components of the work we're doing around innovation is really taking a very humble, curious approach. And yes, I know those are not words you associate with the Fed, but we are curious, um, to listen and learn from the builders in this ecosystem. You guys are closest to the technology. You're solving some gnarly problems in really interesting ways, as is the Fed. Um, so we've been here since Tuesday. Um, you know, I think my colleagues are never going to travel with me because they've been in meetings since 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., uh, but we're soaking in a lot of really good knowledge and also opening up interesting ways to collaborate with the ecosystem. So thank you for having us, um, and just really cool to learn, listen, and find new ways to engage with uh, this awesome community. With that, uh, I'm going to bring in my colleagues, uh, Mark Gould, Gada Ijam, and Dave Mills, um, and you know, I I'd love for them to maybe start the demystifying of the Fed with demystifying of their own roles. Um, so Gara, maybe we can start with you and you can share with the audience your role at the Fed, but please do it in a very normie kitchen English way, not the Fed speak way. Um, and as part of your intro, maybe also help the audience understand one nugget about the Fed that they may be like, what, right? And, and perhaps what is one nugget you learned from the community as part of the listening and learning session. So over to you, Gata. Welcome. Great. Thanks, Sunaina. And uh, thank you, everybody, for being here. And definitely, I'm not going to be using the normie language that Sunaina uses, uh, but I will give it a try. So Gata Ijam, I'm the head of technology at the Fed. 
And a couple of things that I did not know about when I joined the Fed is the Fed has 5,000 technology employees uh, working on really cool uh, solutions and, and, te and technology uh, across the Fed and across the nation. The other part that I did not know about the Fed is technology is a third of the Fed's spending. Uh, and that's a significant amount. Uh, it's an amount that is measured by millions and close to a billion uh, uh, dollars. So lots of innovation happening at the Fed, as well as just keeping uh, our payment system, keeping our financial systems going, uh, is what we do at, in the technology space. The, the last nugget that I learned about the Fed is we are a solar system. So you all know, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, there are 12 different banks uh, in the Federal Reserve system, and all these banks are working together in cohesion, and there's some level of gravity that pulls them together but keeps them independent and running uh, independently. And the beauty of working at the Fed and working with technology at the Fed is to be able to take some of the innovation that's happening at the edge and harvesting it and to make the Fed uh, better and to allow us to deliver our mission. Uh, and of course, investing in innovation is the last uh, key nugget that I want to offer. Uh, innovation is happening at the Fed in a decentralized way. And what we did is we brought in Sunaina to help us sort of pull that solar system of innovation uh, and uh, make um, much more uh, happen within, uh, within our ecosystem. So really happy to have her. Uh, and she's really bringing a lot of new innovative thought processes and allowing us to connect with the community out there. I was not expecting that. I'm gonna put that in my year end. Um, but, but I think the decentralized notion is really important because I, I think many of you engage with the Fed in many different ways and we don't fully realize, I, you know, that was one of the things after I joined, I think after week one, when some of my crypto friends were checking in with me, I'm like, um, I gotta break it to you. There's actually nothing central about the central bank about the United States. Uh, everything, like, I, I think they understand DeFi and the ethos of DeFi uh, really well, better than you might expect them to because it is a decentralized construct. Um, and with that, Mark, I want to bring you into the conversation because you're doing something interesting, taking something decentralized and centralizing it. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Sunaina. It's great to be here. Um, and I did notice there's a banner outside that this is a festival celebrating uh, the decentralized world. And we're here from the central bank, so I'm feeling <laughs> a little out of place. But thank you for uh, thank you for putting up to, uh, up with us. Um, so I'm the chief payment executive for the Federal Reserve System, which means all of our payment systems. Uh, if, if you think about the last hundred article you read about the Federal Reserve, they were probably about monetary policy or other things like that. Uh, they probably weren't about operations or payments, uh, but that's my, my part of the business. And so everything from uh, distribution and uh, you know, uh, store inventories of, of, uh, of currency, distributing that in this country and around the world, all the way through uh, check clearing systems, the ACH, and uh, Fedwire real-time large dollar payments. And coming soon in 2023, uh, our new instant payment uh, solution called FedNow that's gonna enable uh, everybody uh, here in, this, uh, in the country uh, to make instant payments to other consumers and, and businesses uh, nationwide and have that settle instantly. Um, so it's been, it's been interesting to be here. I, I met several folks over in the exhibit hall, which is a little overwhelming. Um, and I had a, several people 
come up to me and say, what does the Federal Reserve have to do with financial services? Because that's what my name tag says. And, and it just it dawned on me that there's a, a lot that we can do to demystify who we are and, uh, and what we do. And uh, so you know, part of why I'm here, I wasn't exactly sure what I was getting myself into when I agreed uh, to come and, uh, and join Sunana at Consensus. Um, but it's a little bit different than what I expected. I expected to see and hear an awful lot about Bitcoin and payments and things like that. Uh, I, but I've now learned about, about DAOs and other things like that. And what I recognize, it's more of a, like a movement, really, of uh, all of these things, uh, not just enabling payments, but uh, connecting to other parts of industry and, and, uh, and society. So uh, it's, been, it's been enlightening. And my whole reason for being here is making new friends. So I hope to see you while I'm here. I hope you can see the red coin is taking effect in a good way. So thank you. Um, we have, uh, you know, I think, I think the meetings that we've had and the discussions we've been able to participate certainly amplifies the notion that crypto is very multidisciplinary. It's about technology, finance, culture, art, and thank you for, um, you know, emulating that in, in your observations, Mark. And um, Dave. Thanks, Anana, and thanks everyone for being here. Uh, so my name is Dave Mills. I'm uh, in the payments group at the Federal Reserve Board in Washington, D.C. So sort of the, the hub of the solar system uh, that not only sort of sets a lot of policy for the Federal Reserve banks, but also payments, as well as you know, the things you might be more familiar with, obviously, with monetary policy and the like. Um, I've been in uh, following basically Bitcoin and crypto development since the early days of Bitcoin. Uh, it's, it's a very interesting and fascinating topic for me as an economist by training. Uh, and so I've always been really curious about how new technology uh, is, is sort of touching on what are classic and historical issues and challenges in monetary policy, monetary theory, banking theory, et cetera. So it's really a, an exciting place to, to sort of come together and, and talk to a lot of technologists because a lot of the connections that I see uh, with, with the, the, the community here is really just sort of challenging existing assumptions, really trying to understand how uh, new, new methods, new technologies can actually solve problems that we used to have to solve certain other ways, which you know, means that there's potential progress and improvement. And so it's really interesting and exciting to see. So that's partly my aha moment uh, from, from this week, is to be reminded of, of that energy and excitement uh, to, to really try to innovate and, and re-tackle re some problems that, quite frankly, people think they have solved for, for a long time. So thanks. And Dave's been learning a lot about game five, which is very exciting. Mm -hmm. So, um, and hopefully even just with the intros, you can kind of see that as much as people assume, I know when I told my parents that I was thinking of joining the Fed and they're like, wait, you're not an economist. I'm like, no, I leave that up to Dave because on one hand and then on the other hand, sorry, had to dunk, uh, you know, but, but the Fed is more than economists are very important, but you can hopefully see that there is a diversity of perspectives and experiences. And you can also see that a lot of us aren't exactly at a central casting to be working at the central bank, but we do. Uh, and I think that kind of signifies how we think about innovation, not that different from a startup culture or private sector where the best innovation happens when you bring in your technologists, your business leaders and your product leaders and, you know, your BFFs from legal compliance and policy so that, you know, you can build for scale and solve those bold problems. Uh, and speaking of technology, Gata, I know coming into the session, one of the things I got pinged most about was, wait, technology? Fed? Like what? Like, you know, so, so 
Oh, you shared a little bit about that in your opening. You know, there is an argument really made that today every business is a technology business in some ways. Um, maybe, you know, double click into, you know, your role, what technology does for the Fed and how this group could potentially come helps help us on some gnarly problems. Great. So uh, absolutely, technology is at the heart of everything that we do. My, my partner in crime here, Mark, is, is the business leader. I am the technology leader. And he mentioned our payment system. So our payment systems, every day we process four and a half trillion dollars of wire. Uh, throughout the year, we uh, auction 19 trillion dollars of treasury uh, bonds. Uh, every day, I think we process 145 million dollars of ACH transactions. Well, all that is running on a payment rail. Uh, and that requires technology, that requires security, that requires sort of um, availability and resiliency to make sure that uh, the financial transactions of all of us, I mean, we all get paychecks, guess what? It's running on a payment rail. Uh, if our grandmothers and grandfathers or even our parents are receiving social security checks, guess what? It's our payment rails that are processing these, uh, these funds uh, to get people their paychecks and their monies. Um, so technology he runs that, but at the same time, we're looking at technology as the, uh, where, where are we going? Where is the world going? And how do we advance the technology at the Fed? And that's what we're calling our digital transformation journey. It's really looking at where FinTech and the financial industry and some of the innovations that we have learned about in the last couple of days uh, is, is driving us towards and building a technology plan and a technology roadmap to get us there. Well, I heard this morning uh, the conversation about you cannot expect people who do run operations, normal operations, to start innovating. So what are we doing about that? We have uh, started recruiting new college grads and, and people that are coming from different disciplines within the technology to infuse that level of learning, that level of knowledge, that level of innovation into the organization. And right now, 25 to 30% of our workforce is workforce that's coming in with those new skills, coming fresh off of college or fresh off of a couple of years of working in the industry. And that's how we're infusing innovation into our thinking and into our plans and strategy. And of course, we cannot forget our DeFi DGen sitting here who's red-pilling us every day uh, and she's doing that across the organization is very successful uh, at that so again there's that new thinking that's coming looking ahead two to three years five years ten years down the road uh, in terms of what technologies will matter for the Fed. I just want to be you know clear on something that I hope you will understand I'm gonna use an analogy uh, through our digital transformation, we have to do it responsibly. So think of a really heavy train that's, that's moving at 100 miles an hour. And for us to innovate and change the rails or the tires or the engine on that train, the train has to keep going because there is four, four, $4 trillion of money flowing and $140 billion of money flowing. So the train has to keep running and we're changing. So there is a level of responsibility and thoughtfulness and carefulness that we have to apply as we innovate at the Fed, because we have a huge responsibility of keeping uh, the country and the financial system running. So I just wanted to draw that analogy for you all to, to think about, it's not because we don't wanna be innovative, it's because we have a responsibility for this country and for all of you uh, to keep uh, the payment systems running in a safe and secure way. Well said, definitely that notion of responsible innovation but doesn't mean it, you over-rotate to responsible or over-rotate to innovation. It's finding that equilibrium. Uh, and I think to Gata's point, 
you know, this acknowledgement from the Fed and this recognition that we don't have the talent to solve all the bold problems and to do it with a bias for action internally and being open to new talent is important. In fact, you know, pitching you all here, you know, something that we're rolling out as an experiment. FedCorps, think, you know, my colleague Marg coined that term, credit to her, Peace Corps, but for the Federal Reserve, you know, we've got lots of gnarly problems, you've got amazing skills, engineering talents, product design, and, you know, it's to think of it as an opportunity to make a meaningful dent and perhaps even an opportunity to serve your country by solving some of these gnarly problems. So hit us up, hit us up during the session, after the session, and we'd love to pitch you more. So, Mark, you mentioned the, the, the different payment rails under your portfolio, ranging from cash to the upcoming Fed now, and I know our friend Dave's gonna, you know, talk to us a little bit about CBDCs. Um, do they coexist? Do they compete? How does that work? Yeah, it, it's a great question, and I'm loving the fact that my partner's pitching the payments book. Uh, so, really, you can kind of think about all of our payment services as covering a spectrum, right? So, and, and, and each of these payment services solves a particular problem. So, on the one hand, you have cash, which, by the way, I, I live in San Francisco. I spend a lot of time talking to people in Silicon Valley, and they look at me quizzically, and they said, I thought people stopped using cash 20 years ago. Uh, and I say, no, actually, there has never been more U.S. currency in circulation than there is today. In fact, the amount of U.S. currency in circulation is roughly doubled in the last decade. A lot of people are kind of surprised to hear that, um, but it's because it serves a particular purpose. Cash is the most inclusive payment instrument that we have. You don't need a bank account. It, it, it works when the lights go off. I mean, it, it, it's universally uh, accessible and ubiquitous. So, um, so on the one hand, we have you know, cash serving a particular, uh, a particular use case in the economy, uh, you know, including, importantly, privacy. Uh, and then you know, in the middle, we have uh, the ACH system and the check system. You can think of those as batch payments uh, that you know, enable people to pay their rent or their car payment or their mortgage or, or uh, what have you, any kind of recurring payment. And then on the, the far end of the spectrum, you know, our wire transfer business, Fedwire, it's, it's, uh, it's a real-time large dollar uh, settlement service where it enables, you know, individuals and corporations to make high-consequence payments in a risk-free way. And so each of these different payment services covers a particular set of use cases and financial institutions around the country are really looking to us to provide that that spectrum and so we're adding this next uh, piece of the puzzle fed now that will enable what i think of as everyday real-time payments the kind of payments you know that you know paying a colleague 20 bucks from dinner or you know uh, paying, uh you know giving a gift to, uh, for someone's birthday or something like that you know enabling that to happen instantly um you know is, is another significant use set of use cases that we will solve uh, with FedNow. Financial institutions then, and there are, by the way, about 10,000 financial institutions in the United States, they're really looking to us to be a bit of an easy button for payments. Payments are complicated, and especially if you're a small or medium-sized bank that maybe lacks some of the sophistication of a global financial institution, that's a role that they look to the Federal Reserve, and there are other providers as well uh, in the marketplace, uh, to, to really make payments as easy possible and enable them to compete uh, for service because let's face it we're all we're all consumers what do consumers want these days more of everything they want more speed more convenience more options more accessibility uh, more everything financial institutions are looking to us to provide that and that's what we're committed to doing yeah making payments and financial services simple fast and easy is definitely I know a big safe. part of the, and safe, sorry, and safe, uh, but definitely the first, that that whole ethos actually 
connects very nicely to a lot of the use cases that I know builders in this community have been trying to solve for and build for. So I think there's definitely some, it's very symbiotic, the problems that we're all trying to solve, obviously doing it in very new and interesting ways, which is a good thing, which Dave brings us to you. Uh, at the end of January, uh, you know, the Fed for the first time, I remember when I joined the Fed and they're like, what does the industry think about our perspective on digital assets? I'm like, do you have perspectives on digital assets? Because we should share that with the industry. And thanks to the good work that Dave and many other members at the Fed did, the Fed dropped a, a CBDC discussion document, um, which starts to you know, kickstart a conversation with stakeholders, in including industry participants. So Dave, maybe tell us a little bit about that. Uh, and connected to what Mark said, how does the Fed's interrogation of a potential CBDC, how do you frame that in a way that, how does that compete or you know, complement all the private sector innovation? Sure, so I think, you know, obviously as, um, as, as you mentioned, uh, the Fed has been uh, very interested in following the developments around digital assets for, for some time now. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about what the future of money looks like, obviously. Um, and that future has uh, a lot of uh, opportunities. It has a lot of risks and challenges as well. And, you know, it's important to know that the Fed, and, and particularly the policy side, is, is charged with promoting uh, a safe and efficient payment system. It's charged with um, monetary and financial stability. It's charged with safe and sound financial institutions that provide services. And so we recognize that there's a lot of opportunities with new in innovation. But we also recognize that you know, when we look towards the future, we have to think about what does that ecosystem look like when it's stable? And how is that stability going to, to promote a lot of the objectives and goals of safety and, and stability in both the monetary and the financial system? And so with that, you know, we, we wanted to kickstart a conversation around different ways to think about what that future will look like with, the, with a focus on digital assets. So recognizing there are modernization of our payments rails, but there may also be something behind, more behind this technology, and we need to try to unpack that, understand that, uh, and be ready to, to meet the needs uh, of, of the economy going forward in the next generation. So we kicked off this discussion paper in January, and the discussion paper was primarily meant to begin a dialogue with a variety of stakeholders, both in the public sector and the private sector, both in the traditional or trade fi uh, sector, as well as uh, the DeFi and the innovation sector. Right? And we, we really want to begin to, to unpack what this future might look like. What are some of the opportunities and challenges? How do we think about new digital forms of the dollar? Uh, what should they look like? What rails should they be on? How do we sort of make them broadly, more broadly accessible? How do we sort of continue to think about the role of the dollar internationally on, in economic activity uh, in cross-border payments? So there are a lot of these issues and challenges that we need to be thinking about at the Fed uh, that really sort of need to, to understand how technology is evolving and what role that we should be thinking about for ourselves as well as for the, for the private sector as we sort of evolve into that next generation. So the discussion paper lays out uh, some of these opportunities and, and, uh, and challenges, but also kind of goes through a host of potential policy issues that we're uh, also interested in getting feedback around. Mostly trying to understand what new monies would look like, what, what that sort of dynamic with the traditional sector and, and, the, and the new new types of entrants and new players 
uh, that can be providing things? How does that feed into financial stability? How does that feed, in, feed into our ability to implement monetary policy traditionally? How do we think about evolving that, that sort of set of that toolkit as we, as we might need to? Um, and most also, similarly importantly, how do we think of it about you know, laying foundation uh, if that's needed in order to enable uh, innovation on, uh, on a common level, a common trans transferable type of platform or set of platforms that would allow for uh, that type of ingenuity that the private sector can provide, but some of the safety and soundness from the, from the money uh, and the provision of money that the central bank might be able to provide. So we're really just trying to think through a lot of these issues. We don't have a lot of answers, um, but we have plenty of questions. We just completed a comment period uh, on, uh, uh, in May, just a few weeks ago, we received about 2,000 comments. So shout out to those of you who may have uh, re uh, responded to those comments, uh, responded to that inquiry for comments, and we're currently going through that. Uh, and we hope to have a summary of this, the, the comments and some of the key themes and takeaways. But I want to emphasize, you know, as the Fed is engaged in this dialogue, it is important to hear from folks like yourselves as we continue on thinking through this journey. We know we'll hear from the banks. We know we'll hear from certain advocacy groups. We know we'll hear from a lot of the traditional folks that we hear from. But it's important to really understand uh, from a technological perspective, from an innovation perspective, uh, what you all are seeing and, and how you see things differently because that's a perspective that you know isn't always uh, front and center uh, in the central banking toolkit even when we go out and put out uh, notes for comment. So really this is a first step. It's not the last step. Um, we, we do plan to continue to have a lot of dialogue and engagement uh, in a lot of different stakeholder groups. We really want to get a lot of feedback from this community as the technology evolves. We want to hear the pros and the cons. Uh, we want to hear about what's possible and where we may be needed, where we, we think you think we're not needed. And, and that, I think, is just important for us to, to really sort of understand where, uh, where money is headed, where payments are headed in the next generation, and, and that we can help uh, together, we can kind of bring, bring, our, uh, bring our country along into the, to that next generation. Well said. And one of the best parts of my job um, is to be the Bumble app of innovation, I like to say, and really making these connections between the work that's happening in fintech and crypto and DeFi and Web3, GameFi, you name it, and the work that you know my colleagues and I are doing in terms of advancing innovation. Um, and I know one of the questions I often get is, wait, the Fed wants to hear from us? And to their credit, I know Dave, more than anybody, has spent a lot of, I would like to think, quality time hanging out with me and the crypto community really trying to understand the work that's happening in terms of you know taking away some of those friction points helping us interrogate those questions that were laid out in the cbdc discussion doc which my first call to action to everybody is if you haven't checked it out we encourage you to you don't have to guess how the fed is thinking about it it's out there very transparently and the second thing is know that you have a virtual open door to engage with the Fed. And if you don't know how to, start with me. I am more than happy to talk to anybody and help make the right connections to my colleagues at the Fed, because we definitely are on this perpetual journey to be listening and learning. Uh, and with that, I'm, we've got like two minutes. So I'm gonna ask each of you a rapid fire question. What would your call to action be to the builders in this community um, of how you would like to learn or engage with them? Mark. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, don't think about um, innovation and, uh, and what we do in payments as fully exclusive. There's an awful lot of innovation that's happening in 
the world of payments. Um, and uh, as you're trying to envision the future of what the future looks like, um, keep in mind that um, there is a present also that's equally uh, important, if not more important, uh, to, keep, uh, to keep moving in the near term. Awesome. Gotta. So I'm going to use a, a call to action. You're all influencers in, in your own social circles, and you heard that we uh, are a technology organization, and we need technologists. So uh, go out there, tell your folks, your, your, your buddies, your friends about us. Uh, and if anybody's interested in uh, working on cool technology projects, ping us. Always be closing. And yes, I think we right now have like over 500 technology jobs, cybersecurity professionals, engineers, UX designers. So yes, definitely reach out. Last but not the least. The final uh, yes. word goes well, to The Economist uh, as usual. <laughs> well, on the one hand. <laughs> no, but seriously, I think, um, you know, we really want to understand from you all how to think about technology. So it's, it's really important to understand uh, from, from those on the front lines of, of innovation and technology to really understand what's possible and really have a serious conversation about limits and constraints and challenges as well uh, and, and get, a, get a better understanding of, of what's out there and what is possible, what is possible now, what may be possible in the next five years. Like, I mean, I was in consensus in 2016 and uh, it feels really big now relative to just a few years ago. Uh, when, when I first went uh, in, in Manhattan, and I think there was just a, a little circle of, of booths, and now there's just a proliferation. So we really need to unpack and understand that. So hopefully we'll look forward to a lot of conversations with you uh, as, as we go through this journey. Awesome. Well, thank you to all of my Fed colleagues for totally stepping out of your comfort zone, coming to consensus, making new friends, and being curious. And I would encourage all of my friends in the crypto community to have a similar open mind, know that you know we are interested in listening and learning and engaging and collaborating with you, uh, and we look forward to continuing this dialogue. So thank you very much. Thank you guys. Thanks, Tamina.